0: All right. So, what's this episode about then? What are we talking about tonight?
1: I don't. I don't like this intro.
0: You want me to redo the intro? <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on a second. It's right there. It's right there. It. I got it. It's, I got this. I got this. Hold on. It's right there. Hey, how you doing? What are we talking about, man? See, that Wait, was bye. that one was way more polite, right? Because I said, "Hey, hello," you know, <laughs> you know, introduction salutations, and then let's talk. Right. Let's just get That's into it.
2: Let's do it. We'll get into Cutting Blocks episode 226. Hey, who, are you, who are you, sir? Who are you? Me? Either one
1: of
0: you. I'm doing oh, care. Oh, I thought you were talking to him. I thought I was talking to him. Good God, man. Yeah. Um, I'm Alan Underwood. That you are. <laughs> yes. Who, right. who are you? <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm Michael. All right.
2: All right. Well, let's just tell them we got a good one for you today because we so. have some cool stuff to talk to you about. Um, a lot of it courtesy of Michael G, who we uh, know and love.
1: Yep. So uh, we'll be getting into several things. Uh, there's a paged out easing, easing,
2: yeah, uh,
1: easing. Uh, there was one one that he submitted that was like merge commits versus rebasing in large repositories, and then we got just a bunch of random other things we're gonna talk about before we get into the more research intensive things that we plan on doing here in the very near future so uh with that though it's time for outlaw to work on his proper noun pronunciation.
0: Wait, I thought you said we weren't doing the more research intensive parts of it. <laughs>
1: Well, we heard that you'd actually done some of these pretty well here in the past couple couple episodes. That's right.
0: That's right. Thank you. you Thank you for recognizing. Yes, yes. Okay. So from iTunes, we have I never write reviews, Leet. Right? Maybe. Maybe. I think so. I think think we should just say it. Just say it. Just pronounce it. Yeah. Thank you. See, I get the proper nouns. And uh, Ivan... Hmm. I, Ivan. That that's definitely not. Gonna, so, <laughs> in dumb America, like you know, I read that and I and it looks like Kuchin, and I don't know. I'm going to assume that's wrong, and oh, I, I apologize, Ivan. Even if I got it right, I still apologize for assuming I got it wrong. But <laughs> I tried, and that's what matters. That's right. It's not terrible.
1: All right. So we, we, we also, the, thank you for the reviews The the, uh, the I never write. No, actually it was Ivan Kuchin that was hilarious because it was a five-star bad review. No, three stars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, hold on. Three stars.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that, that was excellent. Thanks, Jay-Z, for confusing everybody that will ever read reviews here By going way. forward.
0: Yeah, but I, but let's be fair. Sorry, Jay-Z. But I never write reviews. Their review, you know, they're basically the, the most interesting reviewer in the world.
1: Yes, they were. I love the meme. <laughs> yeah. by the I way, don't you're,
0: you're
2: uh, mispronouncing it. It's killing me. It's actually in ever write. Uh, sorry, in ever writer views.
0: Yes, I, I did. Ev. I did stumble yeah. on that for a minute because I wanted to, I wanted to pronounce it something <laughs> yeah, similar it's to that. Killing
2: me. I had to. I yeah. had to do that. I'm sorry. That's
0: amazing. Well, actually, yeah. I don't hey, think And it's thirteen thirty-seven. <laughs> One thousand three hundred thirty-seven. That's just some number. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Man.
1: Yeah. You guys, you kill. We'll
0: save that for Boomer Hour. We have no right? intro. We have no intro. No, speaking of Boomer I'm Hour, lost. I guess we're already there. I'm we're going to complain about
1: the intro.
2: <laughs> there we go.
1: All right. So, what do we got coming up here soon?
2: Hey, Orlando Co Camp coming up February 24th. Uh, it's a great event. Uh, it's always great. The 16th to any one. You should go. It's going to be amazing. I, uh, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be living in Georgia. Boom. So uh, I'm going to have to miss this one. Uh, I'm excited about living in Georgia. I'm bummed about missing early to cook but if you're in the area, you gotta go.
1: Actually, he's going to drive back down there. We know he is
2: probably <laughs> The <laughs> timing is not conducive to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not. Hey, so I have an update to the last episode. So we were talking about uh, the wireless microphones and whatnot, and Outlaw pulled out the one that he bought from sure that was for th- that he uses with his guitar. And I had because he pulled it out and showed the guitar one. Like when I went searching for this stuff on Amazon so that we could have some affiliate links in there, they actually had like a guitar setup kit. And so that's what I included, but he's actually the one that he has does come with microphones as well. So you can, you can buy that wireless transmitter kit that will work with both a guitar or, tra- or with microphones. So wanted to clear that up. I might even have some, uh, some links to that in this particular episode, just to uh, fix it up.
0: Let me say it a different way, just to make it abundantly clear. Like it doesn't come with the microphones you can buy. It's a dual band configuration and you can buy it in a variety of configurations. So you can buy it where it comes with a lavalier mic or like, what's the the other mic where like looks like it's the color of your skin, but uh, Britney Spears. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, you know, get the Britney Spears mic. You can get the traditional mic setups. There's, uh, you know, whether or not you want, even for the guitar setup, there's like, do you want a rack mount version of the receiver or do you want a pedal board version of the receiver? There, so there's a whole variety of things. And the point was, is because you were talking about using a lavalier mic, uh, a wireless lavalier mic, and this is what was super important. That The point I was trying to make at the time is the fact that it's a dual band. So,
1: right. So, so that it wouldn't interfere necessarily with like your Wi Fi or get interfered with, with your Fi or whatever else.
0: Yeah. It, it'll, it'll find the best signal that it can find across this, uh, you know, all of the, all of that spectrum on both bands and it'll automatically flip to it. And it's so seamlessly easy to, that's the thing. It's like pair, you know, the receiver to the transmitter. Like I've, I, I, I went down a super you know how we do, I went down a super rabbit <laughs> well, how, hole. How do we do? Yeah. You know, <laughs> now you know, Jay Z don't know, but oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> different rabbit holes. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? I, do, I but, do. So I was like, I went down the super rabbit hole trying to figure out like, you know, find a wireless system that I liked. And especially for like guitars with active pickups, uh, you know, some of those, some of those systems get, um, you know, that, that active pickups will bother them. And, uh, but just seeing like the process that you had to go to pair the transmitter and the receiver on some of the other systems was kind of a headache. And then this one, it was super non-eventful. You turned it on and it was like, oh, it just already worked. Yeah, which is what you want. So you yeah. the holes. Uh, I did actually go look up what uh,
2: microphone Britney Spears uses. Oh, yeah. It's the Crown CM311A. This is uh, from Equipboard.com, which, if you don't know, it's a, it's a site you can look up to see what musicians and, and artists use what equipment, and it will That's cite cool. sources in there. So they just want to let you know there's a special note on this one says this is this is what she uses and has used on many tours, but she definitely lip syncs. <laughs> she's not singing through. <laughs> so you're saying she's Millie Vanilli. Part two. Uh, yeah. I mean, all the dancing stuff, I think they all do now. You couldn't it's do crazy.
1: it. I mean, seriously, you know how out of breath you'd be. It's ridiculous. All right. So one other piece of information. So Jay-Z, I love the tip that he left on last episode with Obsidian and how he kind of keeps things organized and all, all that. So I, I actually went and created a little YouTube video just to to sort of introduce some people to Obsidian because a lot of people I don't think have ever heard of it. And then two, to show some of the tips that, that he had because I thought they were truly awesome. And yeah. So if you, if you got like, I don't know, 10 minutes and you speed it up to 1.5, you know, it's actually probably not a terrible watch. So with that, let's get into some random things first. So, <laughs> I think I mentioned the wireless stuff, right? Like I'd mentioned the TP-Link Omada and some other things. And, and going down all that, I realized I need, I need uh, a network switch and some cabling in my house. Like, I just don't like it that I don't have it. It drives me insane. The problem is, is running, it's going to be a real pain in the butt, like seriously going to be rough, but When I started going through it, and you know how we do. (laughs) You know how we do. You
0: ain't got to tell me. I know how we do.
1: So I start looking, man, and things have progressed since the last time I bought some network cable. Like, I want to say when I first did this, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, like Cat5e was like the fast stuff. So... I start looking around, man, and you would think, okay, well, they moved on from Cat 5, now it's Cat 6, then you got Cat 6A, then they have a Cat 7, then they have a Cat 8, then they have a Cat 8A, and I start looking, and I'm like, man, what in the world? So Cat 7 is not compatible with the others, which I find absolutely ludicrous and insane. And Cat 6A is actually pretty fast. Cat 6A, you can find basically everywhere. It's reasonably priced. And it's, it will do up to 10 gigabits per second over basically a, I think it's 300 meters. That's a, I think that's a pretty right. long run. It's either, it's either a hundred meters or 300 meters. Look, I, if, I you're,
0: if you're measuring in like the triple digits for your runs, then.
1: Yeah, that, that's I'm, a lot. I got to look at, okay. It's a hundred meters. So it's 300 feet. That's okay. So that's, I wanted to make sure I get that right. So. 10 gigabits a second
2: over 300 feet. That's pretty good, right? Pretty good. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Pr- that's
2: killer. So,
1: he has higher
0: standards than you. I do have high standards. So.
1: So, so then I'm like, well, all right, well, what will Cat 8 do? <laughs> because it is backwards compatible. It will work with Cat 6, Cat 5, all the, all the older equipment. It'll work with everything. Cat 8 will do 40 gigabits per second over 30 meters. So a hundred feet, but then it'll actually fall back to like cat six a standards. If you want to go to a hundred meters, so it'll do your 10 gigabits over 300 feet. So I'm like, well, I need that.
0: Right? Like, I mean, why, why I mean, why, <laughs> why haven't I that? already had it, you know? <clears throat> right. Why wouldn't I, why am I so, punishing myself? But How I don't to buy and get you some yeah, yeah. dude,
1: you can't find that stuff anywhere. And it is, you think it was gold plated. So, here here was you mean monster my,
0: doesn't make a cat 8 cable that you bought <laughs>
1: uh, I, I don't buy monster cables because i'll never forget I'll, I, honestly the reason why i don't buy monster cables is i went to a demo one time and they had their cable hooked up to a light bulb and they were like look at how bright this light gets and i was like are you freaking kidding me you were you were trying to sell a hundred dollar cable to people by showing them how, how bright that light bulb gets, that is snake oil salesman garbage to the core. Right. And from that point on, I was like, I will, I will find another cable. I will never buy that. But I digress back to the, the cat eight thing. So here was my reasoning and it may not be legit. It may not be valid at all, but I at least wanted to throw it out there.
0: I like how he's like open for, some honesty here. Cause he's saying it like, I'm, it may, it may not <laughs> it be may. legit. It I may. may not need it. Uh, yeah.
1: So he, here's, here's why. And actually I think this is fair because Jay-Z you were looking at an internet, right? And you're like, should I get the one gig, the two gig, the five gig? Five. So he, here's my point. And this is, this is where things are really frustrating. So if you buy one gig, all the cabling out there in the world right now will basically support you, right? I think even cat five E will go up to a gigabit and it maybe maybe it's a little bit lower. I can't remember, but cat six for sure. Will cat six, a will more than do it. And cat eight, you're good. But if you start going to two gigabit internet, think about it. All the network cards that you have in all your devices are all gigabit. Like, they won't even do it. So, in order, I, I found this out when I got in Comcast cable here for the first time. I think I got 1.2 or whatever. And the, the Ethernet port on it was 2.5 gigs. And then I realized, oh crap, I've got to upgrade stuff to even be able to take advantage of this thing. And so, unless you just have one Wi Fi access point that can cover your entire place without dead spots. You're basically throwing away money if you go to something like five gigs because you need something that's going to take that signal further and take the entire bandwidth. But so what
0: about the idea that you have five connections at one gigabit? Um, so
1: maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe that carries some weight. But so I
0: mean, like buying the, the point I'm making is that like having that service, there's still an argument to be made for that service. There and that's is, why Jay Z chose poorly when he didn't get the five.
1: <laughs> didn't get the right. five. I think right. we all agree on that. But here was the reason why I went and bought Cat Eight stuff. Was oh, you did go this route. Oh, wait, what did I not make that clear? No, <laughs> I, I, that was you <laughs> well, know what, sir. Doubt. That
0: was my my mistake. I thought <laughs> I I mistakenly assumed that you were setting this up to like. Where I would have said like, yeah, you should have gotten the eight, but you were going to tell me why I'm silly for have wanting for have wanted to get the eight. And now I learned my mistake that you, in fact, did get the eight. So I apologize.
1: No, it was a stupid decision, but I, I will I will sort of back it up with the sort of things are moving in the faster direction now what i don't get is i think things are moving further in the wireless direction than they are the wired and wireless is actually getting faster than wired in a lot of cases but you still have to deal with uh, like the the asus setup that i have right now it's 6e what they don't tell you is that six gigahertz frequency those things need to be almost line of sight. Otherwise they drop connections like crazy. It is incredibly frustrating. So I ended up turning off the six gigahertz bandwidth for talking to my devices because my whole family was getting mad at me. Like I keep disconnecting and I'm like, oh, okay, I got you. So at any
0: rate, I had the whole remember, There's some yes. problems, on, you those. Have problems. Uh, yeah. on those devices. If you had the six E turned on, then like IOT devices would yes. uh,
1: drop. It was a pain. So, so basically what I'm getting to is everything's getting faster. Like if you go buy a cable modem or, or a lot of the, the routers nowadays, they have 2.5 gig, uh, ethernet ports and stuff on them. So being that we're pushing in that direction, I was like, you know what, I'm going to future-proof this because nobody likes to pull wires through the house much. (laughs) You do that once and you're done with it. So that's why I bought it. But I will say, it's ridiculous. You can get the cat six, a like uh Keystone Jackson stuff. You can get those for a song. Like they cost nothing for a pack of 48 of those things for cat eight. I got them on AliExpress for 160 bucks. If you buy them anywhere here in the U S like
0: $4 a connection.
1: Yeah. If you buy exactly. them here in the U S double four. that it's wow. ridiculous, man. So like everything Cat A related was or Cat Eight related was just ridiculously expensive. And what I found is, and we probably all know this if you shop on Amazon, if you find it in the store here and it's, you know, eight bucks, you go on AliExpress, you'll find the exact same thing for half the price, but you're gonna have to wait a month to get it, right? So as long as you can play the waiting game, you're fine. So See, that's you're what gonna sell point, on Amazon.
2: Oh, So oh, what? I was gonna say that the person's dropped shipping from AliExpress
0: anyway.
1: Yeah, they are. That's totally what they're doing. What were you going to say? See, see, so, so
0: you're pulling the wire yourself through the house then you're saying?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on how hard it is. Um, but I've got a lot of fishing tools and whatnot to be able to do that. So
0: I got a uh, lot of fishing tools too. And it's the, it's the between, between wall floors. to wall isn't the problem between the floors is where it gets tricky.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be cutting out some some sheetrock and throwing big drill bits up through. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes down, but but that's the plan. So um yeah, seriously, if you're looking at that now the cable, interestingly enough, the cable I'm probably gonna buy from Home Depot. They actually did have a bundle of thousand feet of cat cat eight that I'll
0: probably end up getting from them. So Anyways, I, I super, super expected that you were going to say, and I'm also low at this point that you didn't, I expect you were going to say you were going to get it from Costco. Oh man. I looked <laughs> I <did>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and the network racks also like, I'm going to buy probably a 12U rack, which by the way, okay. All right. This, this will be really short. You this know, the last like, tangent of the night. This is no, this is the last tangent on this subject. So you know, like when you were building your computer, like RAM clearance is a thing. Oh, yeah. Right. Like if, if you, if you want that big, beautiful RGB RAM, you better make sure that your air cooler is high enough off of the processor to make it fit. Uh, so the same type thing happens with network racks. So if you're looking at a network rack or if you're planning on setting up something like, like I'm going to, uh, don't necessarily buy the 17 inch deep one because, oh, well, the the thing that I'm looking at is only 15 inches. No, no, no. Your racks where the things mount to are an inch or two back from the front of the panel. So now your effective space that you could actually put something in, there's probably only 13 inches, right? So you really have to look at what you're going to do and what the dimensions are inside the box. So if you, if you happen to go down that route and, and it sounds like fun to you, just be aware.
0: And consider how you're going to, what the rails that you're going to use too, because if you're going to put it on uh, like, like sliding rails, then you're going to need additional room in the back for the cable management system to collapse while the machine is in. And then when you pull it back out, but you know, your mileage may vary. I don't know if you plan on doing anything that to that extent no. mine's
1: probably just going to be network switches and networking stuff i don't know that i'm going to put any server type stuff in there but but you know i mean i might want to you know so and then all right so that brings me into the next subject and this one will be super fast all right so over the holidays i don't know if it was because everybody's sick and i was bored i needed to make a trip to micro center and upgrade my nas so the reason was i use plex and if it was if it needed a transcode, I was using dude. I was using the old processor that we used to run CodingBlocks.net off of. So I had that old Xeon with with that stuff. That was the motherboard Holy. that I had the NAS.
0: That was one machine. Like we're talking about from ten years ago. Years ago? 10 years yeah. Ago. Yeah. Because I would
1: actually built that machine before we even started Coding Blocks, and I was using it for other stuff. So yeah, I mean, we're talking about 11-, 12 year old processor. Right? I mean,
0: a, a little bit of like how the sausage is made. When we started this, the server that we hosted this on was sitting in Alan's, you know, office, like yeah, like in his his home office. Yeah. yeah. Like there was no worry of the network. <laughs> uh, you know, it it was just. Did Alan lose internet service at his house? Right, and, and you remember when we found out when we needed to
1: change that was I think we were using Pingdom or one of those, and we would see just random outages, and it was like, is my internet really that garbage yeah. at my house? And it was, and so that's why we started hosting elsewhere, right? So yeah, yeah, how the sausage is made. So getting back to this. If you have a NAS, by the way, I highly recommend Unraid as the OS. If if you if you plan on doing your own, it's it's awesome. It truly is awesome. But one of the beautiful things about Unraid that I like a lot is you can run basically any Docker thing in there. It'll host the Docker things easy, and it's through its own interface. And one of the ones is Plex. Well, Plex is awesome if you're streaming media or whatever in your house. I, I truly love the service but transcoding with that old processor was bogging down. Like it just could not hang. Well, I started looking at, well, how would I get it to do hardware transcoding? Because that requires almost no CPU, right? Like with, with the new AMD and the Intel chips, like video encoding and decoding is handled on the chip and, and it takes none of the processor to do it. Well, doing some research Plex does not like AMD chips, hard coding. So, If you're going to do it, go the Intel route. If you look at like an 11th gen or newer processor that has the GPU built in, it's beautiful. Plug that thing in. You could actually pass through, which I learned something about Docker that I didn't know about. You can actually, so you know how you can mount dry or or mount um, volumes and stuff. You can mount a device. Didn't know that. So you basically mount the hardware encoder. A, into that Docker image and then all of a sudden Plex can use it to do the transcoding and life was, was great. So, yeah. Oh,
2: okay. I awesome. know.
1: That. So, all right. Now, now onto more interesting things. So this is one that micro G had sent to outlaw that is kind of interesting. Um, I guess I'd never even really thought about it, but it's an article by actually, I don't know if I have the article link here. I'm Uh, I'm pulling it up now. Okay, cool. So it's by the company that actually does something to help with this. So it makes sense that they wrote the article, but basically what they're saying is larger repositories, repositories that have a lot of pull requests, they're basically going the route of banning merge commits. And what does that even mean? I'll give layman's terms and then I'll let outlaw speak oh. the 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 more uh, technical bits because i'm sure he knows it off the top of his head but basically a merge commit is when you have a commit that is pointing to two different parents so the best or way more. i know how or more yeah two or more parents so the easiest way i know how to demonstrate it in, in terms of like a commit flow would be let's say that you started off um they call them dev now right or trunk uh you start off the trunk You, you branch to a new branch, right? Let's call it feature branch. You make some commits on that feature branch. Well, at the same time you're making commits on the feature branch, somebody else is also putting commits in on the trunk. Now, when you go to merge that stuff back into trunk, that commit that's made there is a merge commit because it's pointing to the last commit from the feature branch and it's pointing to the last commit from the from the trunk branch, and that is a merge commit. And outlaw, did I miss anything there?
0: No, but I did want to be clear though that this article, like uh, you know, I've had some other things that have pulled my time away, so I, I haven't had a chance to ch- to read up on that. So uh, I was afraid you were going to like pull out something very specific in the article no, and be like. No. You read that right? I like, no, no, no. no. Uh-huh. Just I, you know, just I the commit. A,
2: a good example is: uh, Have you ever been, uh, you know, working somewhere and you had some sort of problem, that, you know, with the latest build? And so you go check it out, and uh, you see the problem in a file. But the weird thing is, the commit is from back in like June. Like, how well, has this been working through June? What the heck is going on? And you do a little bit of research and realize. Oh, the commit was old, but it was just merged yesterday. But right. it was just uh, the commit that brought it in merged the histories of the branch you merged to and the branch that it came from. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of interweaved those things and, and kept the, the dates on them. So while it looks like it was just added back in June or whatever, it actually just came in with the, the pull request. That's actually
1: one of the big problems that we talked about when we did our Git series. Not, not the most recent one, but when we were talking about our, our Git flow versus the cherry picking uh, yeah. or the Microsoft way, that was one of the big reasons why if you have uh, multiple branches that, that you have to bring things into, like let's say that you have release branches or whatever, GitFlow kind of sucks for that very reason, right? Like, when you merge things, it's merging the history of two long-lived branches, and you end up getting crazy conflicts because it's they're both changing over time, and that merge is difficult. So... That was what episode this, 90, by the way. Good Lord, that's <laughs> been a long time ago. So... That's why they say in this particular article, a lot of these repositories are actually blocking these merge commits because just like what Jay-Z said, it's not clear. If you look back at the log history after that merge, you're going to see something that happened in master or in, or in trunk, and then you're going to see something happen in your feature and then something in trunk and trunk and then yours. It, it just goes back and forth because it's all interleaved. What they're saying now is they want people to either do the git rebase or to do the git rebase squash. And all that really does, I mean, I say all it really does, but if you had your feature branch off, you know, doing whatever, when you rebase that onto trunk again, it takes all those commits and rewrites them at the very end. So it's the last commits on that history of that particular chain. And so that does two things in my mind and, and two things that I very much like is one, it gets rid of that interleaving. So there's no more of this. Well, he was doing that at the same time this was done. It doesn't matter, right? The intent of it was I made these changes to make this code different and it puts them all together. So if you go back and look at your Git log, you can see that, Hey, Jay-Z did five commits to do this one thing, right? Or Outlaw had three commits and those were at the very end. Even though they weren't done at that exact time, they're stacked on at the end, so you can actually make heads or tails of what's going on.
0: Okay. So Love it. That's where I I I was trying to figure out. Like I hadn't, like I said, I unfortunately haven't had a moment to read this yet. But um, I think the telling thing that they're, that they're talking about here is that, and we kind of talked about this too before, and it goes along with what you were saying that, you know, by doing the, like, for example, you know, even recently we talked about doing the git rebate, uh, get pull, uh, dash dash rebase type of workflow. Right. And by, by putting all of your commits together at the tip of the branch together, then like they're, they're, uh, they make sense. You can, you can kind of like see that they all came in. Um, together instead of it being scattered throughout the history in the k- example that Z gave and there was a sentence in here that was like um over the past decade more and more closed source repos started banning merge commits on trunk shifting to the squash rebase and merge workflow the benefits clear rebasing creates a cleaner more understandable history and state of the world without the clutter of merge commits
1: Yep. Uh, Another thing they said in the article that, you know, you don't have to read the whole thing here, but that I thought was telling and I never really considered is another reason on top of making it more clear or clearer is it's faster. So when you have a merge commit, Git actually has to traverse all the parents to find out the information, which was interesting. I never really thought about it, but it makes sense, right? Like it's not going to store all that stuff in that one place. Whereas when you have a rebase, it puts them all in line, right? So it doesn't have any parents to traverse. It's just, you know, the commit before it is in the same, in the same branch. So you're totally fine there. So it's, it's faster. And I think that's why they said that larger repositories, ones that have like a thousand or more pull requests, they're going this route because it makes the repository cleaner, and, and faster to I just operate, so that one was good.
0: Yeah, I'm still I'm I'm still a big fan of of doing that that rebase before, you know, personally before I do any of my uh, pull requests and whatnot, just because I I want everything to be together. together but I've also gotten into the habit too of squashing everything. Um, if it's not done in like whatever pull request tool I'm using, then I, you know, I'm definitely doing it the command line beforehand. And, and like I shared like a few episodes back, like I'm even getting into the habit of like, or, or the pattern of, well, it makes sense that somebody might want to cherry pick this collection of commits without all this other clutter of the, of this other commit. And so I'm like, you know, in that uh, rebase equal interactive, you know, two E, you know, collectively grouping the things together that I want, um, to give someone the ability to cherry pick or not.
1: Yeah. I still use that all the time. Yeah. Now I will say this article came from this website, graphite.dev, which the whole purpose of this tool apparently is to make like rebasing and pull pull requests and all that stuff easier. I've never used it. This is the first time I'd actually heard of it, but it might be worth checking out Uh, that. I mean, that was kind of their selling point in their article is, you know, people don't rebase because they can get into nasty, hairy situations with it, but our tool makes it better. Right. So, you know, maybe, maybe go check it out. They do have a free tier. So if you wanted to play with it, it looks like, you know, it'd be, it'd be a good way to get started with it. But, you know, again, I have no experience with it, but their article was there looks cool. So maybe check it out.
2: Definitely. All right. So now my yeah. favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, page. Uh, another item that we got from micro uh, micro G and uh, what it is, is an easing if you're not familiar with that, it's like a magazine that you can get on the internet. What's that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The internet is <laughs> HTTP.
0: <laughs> Colon, that's the two dots. I'm sorry, I only have cat three. Can I still get to it? No, you can't actually. Oh. You need to upgrade to 8A. That makes you sense. Need to install it's Acrobat Reader. <laughs> <laughs> I have flash you, though. Can I? Oh, it's I'm been sorry. a minute, Whoa. hasn't it? Whoa. I, I, I killed him. I went too far. You Four did.
2: Out. Uh, and what is it is, is it's a you know e magazine that has a bunch of articles. They say one article per page. People have submitted them, they've compiled them. And they're on a variety of really cool topics. And some of them are definitely not going to appeal to you. Some are going to, you know, sound really interesting to you. And some are going to be like talking about things that you've never even heard of. And so you're probably going to want to look at those too.
1: Hey, so so going along with this, now th- this one's interesting. Like w- when Outlaw it, I was like, what in the world? I, I don't know how we're going to talk about this for long. But so here's the thing that I, I kind of hope it does go after looking at it. But the very first one that was released, so the first issue of the magazine, was in August of 2019. So, you know, four years ago. <clears throat> issue two, oh, doggone it, I killed it. Hold on. Issue two came out.
2: 2020.
1: 2020. So, no, no, number two was November 2019. So August and then November. So they had two in a couple months.
2: Yeah. So I was call it, for speakers. They said in uh, the episode two, like, hey, please have your stuff to us by 2020.
1: Right. Yeah. And then episode three or issue three, I should say, came out in December, 2023. So there was a little gap of, say, four-ish years, which, I mean, I'm surprised it came back, but I do want to say, like, what, what Jay-Z just said a second ago Like there's all kinds of crazy articles in here. And I started listing out ones that I thought were kind of interesting, but the more I went through this, this PDF, which by the way, is a really bizarre way of doing this. Like why not just have it available on the website with links and stuff. And then maybe if somebody wants to download a PDF, sure, whatever. But I digress. There are tons of articles in here. And the cool part is, it's like they're almost capped at a PDF length page. Yeah. So, so people had to get their ideas across really quick, right? With, with some implementation details,
0: some of it is absolutely mind boggling. Or you just change your font size or you, change, which they did.
2: <laughs> they did. Yeah. I yeah. get a
0: lot in there with like, you know, two, three point font.
1: Yeah. I think the smallest one that I see is about a five So <laughs> I mean, but again, They were kind of restricted to a single page, but the topics are all over the board, right? Like, um, let me, I'll just mention a few that I saw on here that I thought were just, again, I I probably could have listed all of them on the page. Like if, if you truly like geek out stuff, man, there's some, there's some really interesting, cool stuff in here that I would have never gone out of my way to look for. But because it was in this e-zine, I looked at it. You were about to say something
0: outlaw. Well, I was going to say that it reminds me of 2600. Did you guys ever? Yeah. Yes. That was amazing.
1: They still make that? They do. If you happen to find yourself in a Barnes and Noble, which, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not, uh, they still,
0: you'll still see them. Yeah. Yeah. They still have them up there on the shelves. I always got it from like the local computer store. Like, like if you went into a micro center, they always had like the magazine section and that's where you could find it. I don't know that I've ever seen the magazine section in micro
1: center. What? It was near yeah, the front. I, oh, it's when you're checking out. It's up there. Yeah. yeah actually, I saw Hacker News because it's every, or it's quarterly, right? 2600 yeah, the, quarterly?
0: The, the, the Hacker Quarterly, yep. 2600.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was sitting up on the top shelf in there when I was um, looking for something recently. Yeah, I think it was the, the Intel. So, here's a couple of, of them that were just, just to give you a taste of what's in there. And this is kind of crazy. So, there was this one page that was the Alister or Cryptly, Cryptley, a GPT-fueled sock puppeteer. Okay, that title tells you nothing. Basically, what this person created is he wanted to have a fake online persona that actually looked like a real person posting things. So he wrote this little thing, uh, this little application that uses ChatGPT that would occasionally write content to Twitter, and it would look like a real person, and it does a good job of it. So there's one. Uh, Another one, this, this one was excellent. So if you've ever had to look into SSL or cryptography or TLS communication or anything like everybody thinks it's magic, it, it's really RSA encryption is is a mathematical formula is what it boils down to. And this whole article is about being able to break it and and figure out the private keys if somebody didn't create it properly. So you can actually back backwards reverse engineer your way into the private key using RS using the RSA encryption if they didn't create the stuff properly, which was I thought really interesting and cool. And it's just math, is all it is. Yep. Uh let's see, what else we have? Oh, and they also say never roll your own crypto. If you ever think that you're going to, please just back up and don't. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> do not do it every Every professional out there, Steve Gibson, he said it, I don't know how many times on his show, don't think you're smarter than everybody else that's been working on this for years, right? right? Um, This one I thought would be interesting because I, I know Outlaw, you've, you've had the Moon Lander and these other ones, right? They all have these custom firmware things that you can load onto them. So there was this article about hacking a keyboard with
0: QMK. Oh, I know so, that one. Quack, do, Mary kill. right wait. quack (laughs) mary kill that's what it stands for yeah okay i got it right quack mary okay oh man something seems wrong as i say it out loud though
1: so here's what's interesting they were able to basically hack the firmware to where you could hit a keystroke and it would run like a terminal app type thing on there it was like oh man and they even made a joke in the article about I bet that your security scanning software isn't looking for firmware in your keyboard. Right. Like, like that's crazy. Think about that. It's kind of scary. Uh, this hardware, serial cheat sheet. Oh, uh, serial communications. There was an article in there about how that stuff works. So if you've ever wondered how data goes across the wire on that, it's kind of cool.
0: And true to the days of like 2600, there's source.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 All of these articles, almost every one of them have source code or mathematical equations or like there was one that had a hex dump of of the various different things. So I didn't even list it on here, but it was somebody that tried to co- um, combine PNG uh, and zip into a single file format. And, and he had like hex dumps of stuff. And I was like, man, I, my brain, I can't. But uh, I think somebody's got one here.
2: Yeah, I have this one. Uh, this one is this one page article on changing the color of your blue screen of death on Windows. So if you want purple, you want pink, something <laughs> like that, here's how you can do it. And it's just such a weird novel thing, and it's interesting to see how they did it, how that stuff you know kind of works, and it's interesting that someone took the time to do that. It's just it's just cool. It's like when the internet was weird. You remember like back in the day, Angel
0: Fire, you know? Yeah, because yeah, oh, it's man. so not weird now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's right. It's it, just by normal. the way
1: we We're only touching on the the sum like the super high level summary of these articles. They go deep into detail in their page that they have so Truly highly recommend looking at these because they really are interesting. This next one, mind boggling. It reminded me of one of the iPhone hacks that people were trying to do where they would basically clone an iPhone to be able to try and log into it multiple times. I think I heard about that on Steve Gibson, one of his security now podcasts when they were trying to break break into one. And the iPhone will lock you out after so many times. Right. So they just clone the entire thing try a number of combinations when it failed, they just, you know, reclone it. So crazy. So this one is called a cold boot attack on the raspberry Pi, And I think the gist of it was they would have something in memory. The dude would then freeze the Ram on it by spraying it with like a super cold, like nitrogen type thing unplug the thing for 20 minutes, plug it back up. See if you could do a memory dump of it. And I think they were doing like the, a picture of the Mona Lisa and they'd see how it would degrade over time. But after 20 minutes, they would be able to recover a lot of things depending on how cold they froze the Ram.
0: Yeah. I've, I've heard about tricks like this, like a uh, freezing the Ram in order to uh, save state on the Ram. Wow. And like literally dude. freezing it.
1: Yeah. Literally freezing it. Not, not doing some sort of uh, electrical trick, freezing it.
2: <laughs> Insane. What do I think uh, of next? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote down a couple things uh, I wanted to call out here, too. Um, one thing, and they mentioned demo scene uh, as the types of, like, a good example of the kind of things they might include in the magazine. I couldn't find an article on demo scene, but I just wanted to say uh, demo scene because I haven't said that in a long time, and it's awesome. If you're not familiar with it, Google it. You're welcome. It's great. It's, you should get into it. It's a hobby. I've never heard of it. International you computer have. art subculture
1: focused on producing demos.
2: If you remember, back in the day, people used to pass around disks or share stuff online and stuff. Oh. And what it would be is like a little program that did some sort of weird audio visual thing. And people would uh, they had like competitions to be like, "What can you do with uh, a one kilobyte or two kilobytes or something?" And they would make this cool like 3D world with music playing that would flash colors and do spirals and just weird psychedelic stuff. And it was just this whole scene that grew up about. Uh, making weird stuff happen on your computer monitor and speakers and a little, just a little bit of Ram. Uh, it was fantastic. And this
1: goes back to Adobe flash. I think again,
2: <laughs> no older, way older, Man, way, way, crazy. way, older. Yeah. Like, as in like you put the floppy in and <laughs> you know, load. <laughs>
1: it's funny when, when you put it in here, I was Googling around in
2: the article or
1: not Googling. I was doing a control F in the article. And I was like, I don't see demo scene. I don't know what he's talking about.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I it didn't they just mentioned something. So, if you want to get uh, featured in this magazine, do something demo scene. No one's done it yet. There you go. Yeah, that it great. It's kind of like a almost like a flex. Like this is what I could do with a computer. You know, that's great.
0: So you, you mentioned the uh, <clears throat> about the, the paged out being in PDF, but that's so that you can share the magazine. Yeah, which they I can say just like is email a copy of it open. to you. It's yeah, a free it's totally experimental. Open. Uh, magazine, technical magazine. Yeah. Yeah, No hosting, no nothing. You just download it. There you go.
1: I think the only thing that they said in the very top was if you plan on selling it, then you need to contact them. But any, anything else you want to do with it, if you want to, if you want to get this and make a podcast and just read it out loud, they said you can do that. Right? Like, so they're very liberal with what you can do with the content. As long as you're just not selling the PDF outright that they want to be free and available.
2: Yeah, I did read a little bit about um, what they're doing, why they brought it back, and they changed editors, and they kind of are basically bringing it back to life. And uh, they are talking about maybe doing some limited uh, print runs, and so they might bring it to a conference or something, uh, give it out, like just kind of promote whatever. Uh, but they don't have any way to make money or anything. You know, It's kind of like an open source magazine. So uh, you know, they're, they're talking about maybe figuring out some way to kind of print on demand or something, but really it's just about sharing information right now. Oh, and, and that's another thing. They do want authors,
1: so if you have something cool you're working on, some Raspberry Pi project or or anything, mm-hmm. you can put together like a little one page article and submit it to them, and and it'll find its
2: way into this thing.
0: You want to say yeah. you're
2: published? That you're right. You can, yeah. And like it's something cool about like curated content now, and like this name age where you can like look up anything you want and just like read Wikipedia for hours. There's the cool about someone saying, "Here you go. Here's a collection of weird stuff." I don't know. I like it. Hey, Speaking team. of, um, they come with wallpapers. Yes. Uh, every, basically, the cover of the magazine is a downloadable wallpaper, which is, I am now using the Skull one from 2019. It's so Second good. One. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: That's my favorite. It's yeah. so good. And you know, the crazy part is they made them for 8K displays. So it, yeah. you won't have any problem with some garbage looking thing. Like, it is crystal clear.
0: Yeah. My it, people. There's a bonus wallpaper, too. Did you see that one? Oh, I didn't see the bonus. Yeah. That? It, it's like below, like look past the first ep- the first issue. And there's like this crazy one with like, you know, Android robots helping out some oh. devil woman, I guess. I don't know. Oh, man, She's got so good.
1: Like weird horns. Have, it's
0: got like an Iron Man like, standing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there's like a guy in the background with a Mohawk, like pointing out some planet. Like that's the one we should destroy. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it kind of looks like so Earth. good. Yes, yeah. Yes. The art is incredible. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. He kind of looks like the monster from that Fred Savage movie. From, uh, anyway, boomer hour. So the point is, yeah, the point is, but the point is, is like, uh, yeah, there's some great stuff in here. Go, go read it. Go check it out. This yep, should, this monster. should take off.
1: It, I, I hope it does. I really do. Because like I said, the thing that I really loved about it was, I would have not gone and searched out most of the topics that were in there. No way. But because they were all like one pagers, I found myself just like at least skimming the first several paragraphs of each one of them. Cause it's like, I mean, why not? This is just kind of cool, interesting stuff.
0: Oh man. I feel like I just hacked the internet. So, cause of course I did. But, um, so the artist, on you look at the cover art it'll say cover art by blah 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 and then below it it'll have like their facebook or instagram or twitter handles or whatever so that one that did the second issue with the skull one that you were talking about jay-z if you go look at that artist's instagram page oh my gosh like there's so many other cooler examples of like some of his art oh wow oh wow yeah there's some awesome stuff in there talented
1: yeah super
2: talented Do you notice that um, that particular wallpaper uh, has two versions, one with thirty percent transparency and one at ten percent? more or less skull. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So did so the other ones are like that too, where there's like oh, the one has a light version and a dark. Yeah, Yeah. the first one's light and dark. Yeah. Well, no, that's issue three is light and dark, but issues two and one and two are ten percent versus uh, thirty percent transparency. Yeah, these folks are talented, seriously. But I thought that that was referring to the. Uh, paged out logo because if you notice it's the paged out logo that like kind of on the 10% oh. kind of disappears on it i mean it's still oh, there great. obviously but well it's a png so
1: if you're looking at it in your browser you're probably not going to see the transparency but if you were to open that up and put it in something with an overlay you'll probably see that transparency more
0: well the background's still gray though so i don't think that you're gonna it, it's still like a, a shade of gray it's yeah. We'll I, th- I think yeah. the transparency they were referring to is the paged out logo. Mm. Okay. Cause even I'll on the that. even, even if you go look at the fr- uh, issue one, it's the same way. The paged out logo is like, you know, really difficult to see on that 10%, but I digress. At any rate. So cool. Uh, yeah. So with that, it's time for my favorite portion of the show. I forgot what I called this part. Mental blocks. <laughs> it's this written right there. It is mental blocks. <laughs> I'm suffering a stroke. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, something's going on. I don't know. Um, all right, so, let's see. What is, this is 226. So, Jay-Z, according to Tucko's trademark rules of engagement, you are up first. Let's and I'm on
1: a one-game winning streak, even with his confidence boost well, last time.
0: Remember there was an asterisk on that last win? Yeah. There was an asterisk. Sure. I still won it. Yeah. I still yeah. won it. There was a there was an asterisk there. So did you? All right. So uh let's see here. Your categories are and the state capital is and I'll I'll give you a state and three cities in the state, and you'll have to tell me which one is the capital. Come on, okay. man.
2: That's too easy.
0: United States state <laughs> or another state?
2: Oh, that's a good question.
0: Mm, I guess you're going to have to find out. Ah. All right. Uh, going on. Famous TV spoilers or Joyce Carol Oates. And given a literary title, you'll have to tell me whether it's by James Joyce, Lewis Carroll, or Joyce Carol Oates. So I hope that's <laughs> You got that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Mediverse.
2: Mediverse.
0: Blunt bios of brand mascots. Or lastly, a bundle of fun. And fun is in quotes. Okay.
2: Um what was how do you spell Mediverse? Uh good question. I'm glad you asked that. That is M E D I. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, let's do Joyce Carol Oates for never. No way. <laughs> no way. Um, I don't know. It's either State Capitals or uh, Famous TV Spoilers. Uh, there's something something wrong about Famous TV Spoilers. I feel like I'm going to be spoiling stuff for people. So for your sake, dear listener, let's go with State Capital uh, Four. Of
0: course. Man, I really wish you would picked the TV Spoilers. Okay. Dang uh, okay. So here it is, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Memphis, Nashville. Wait, you just want to know what the capital is. It's literally the title of the category and the state capital is, but you told like you in, I'll give you is, the state and three cities in the state and you'll have to tell me which one is the capital.
2: Can I have that category? Why is it so well easy? Next? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's Nashville. <laughs> Why would they do that? It's like, I'm like waiting for the trick. And you it only was, went for four. Uh, All right. It was five. Hey, cool. That's ahead. ridiculous. For man. fun.
0: Florida. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Jacksonville, Orlando, Tallahassee. Tallahassee. What it should be. I mean, that's
2: <laughs> maybe the one that's central to the state, not way up in the north. Uh, That's so funny, man. All right. Okay. What are my
0: categories
2: that aren't going to be so easy? I
0: I do like, just get, here's an example of what you missed on, uh, famous TV spoilers. Who is Cartman's dad? Jack Tinnerman, who was cooked into a pot of chili. What? And the answer is South Park. Okay. All right. Uh, Alan. Your choices are rising up big screen ballads, European country nicknames. I'll give you the nickname. You provide the country computing milestones, name game. And lastly, what a load of BS. Each correct response will have the initials BS. Keep that in mind.
1: Let's go computing. Four, three,
0: so boring. I know. All right. <clears throat> if you get this wrong, <laughs> I fail. I mean, we're never going to let you down for this. Okay, you picked the category that everybody would expect you would pick, right? Yeah. In 1997, an IBM computer named Deep Blue beat grandmaster Gary Kasparov. Kasparov. <sighs> That's what I said at this game what is chess God,
2: well, has that everybody just gotten easier over the years like i feel like when i was a kid it was like what year was the Magna card assigned and now they're right? like what's <laughs> the game with the basketball or it, how about what's the state capital we'll give you three well, and, the state, and the state in the state I'm like, right. come on. It was multiple yeah.
0: toys. Like, why is Jeopardy giving multiple toys? Whoa, 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 this is mental blocks, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. Man.
2: I'm
0: sorry. I'm booming out again. And this is this is this is yeah, you are, yeah. Uh this is the the celebrity edition of the game though, too. Oh, so that's why Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't okay. Did you want the more difficult ones? No, no, we're good. We're, Don't tell me next time it's Celebrity. I want
2: to feel, you know. Smarter, yeah. I want to feel smarter.
0: Okay, okay. All right, okay.
1: your turn, Jay-Z.
0: All right. Your choices are estate planning, three-digit prime numbers. That one. Anatomy in Latin, bygone tech, scientists' Rhyme time and no cap. We'll show you. Well, this one, I don't know how this would work. We'll show you words with the letters C A and P removed. You'll tell us what the word originally was. Yeah, that'll be hard. Yeah, that one, that one I think we're going to have to do. But yeah, that one, that one's fun.
2: Uh, I mean, I kind of want to do the primers, but I definitely don't have all the primes uh, with three digits like just at the ready here. <laughs> So there's got to be some sort of other clue. That that's going to be like, what's the one after like, what's the 57th prime? Um, but I kind of want to do a scientist rhyme time just cause it sounds fun for three.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Penicillin discover Alexander's Arctic dwelling rodents. Penicillin discoverer Alexander. Penicillin discoverer Alexander's Arctic-dwelling rodents. and There aren't that many rodents that live
2: in. It's got a rhyme, though. Discoverer, I don't know, otter. What are otters? You got to say the name and the thing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I I messed up, y'all. (laughs) <laughs> i messed up on celebrity jeopardy too so you don't ever tell me that i'm gonna tell you that the pressure so, was too much so what was the answer i can't think of who made penicillin no flemings lemmings ah oh. no, get out of here with that can you
1: tell can you do a <laughs> prime right, so, one so, <laughs> yeah just pull a prime one out of three yeah, let's the, see what the,
0: that one was okay yeah <clears throat> This largest U.S. state by area surprisingly only has one area code nine zero seven. Alaska, Well it didn't even. I thought it was going to ask
2: me what the prime was. What the heck? Yeah, but nine zero seven is the prime. Nine zero seven. I didn't know they were going to give me the prime. I thought I was going to have to be like, oh gosh, five seventeen. Right, it's
0: probably different (laughs) on all of them. All right. (laughs) He's like, I got. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Hold on. This is what you wanted. Then giddy up. This Beach Boys song about a Chevy hot rod shares its title with a household cleaning product.
1: What is a uh-huh. haw? Isn't it? Uh, no.
2: Little Boop cube, something. 409. 409. Yeah. Dang it. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't pick. All right. My turn.
1: I have a chance to go into the lead here.
0: Uh, okay. So we decided you guys were going to put in your oh, yeah. uh on row 86 there for all the yeah. and I'll, and you can play at home at long play along at home too on row 86 just enter in <laughs> your bet amount enter in your number and then i'll i'll plus or minus it afterwards but oh wait no you should have to reveal what your bet's going to be no I need to. Know we have to tell you. Be. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to tell you
1: privately. Yeah. So right. you just go ahead and look down at row one twenty six.
2: You <laughs> know what I'm doing. Uh, I'll put mine uh, over in uh, I ninety
1: <laughs> outlaws Alan's got to
2: scroll all over the <laughs> document. <laughs> oh, I just moved it to uh, A thirteen.
0: Uh, what is going on here? Where's yours, Alan? I said one twenty six, man. I don't see anything on one twenty six. C, C- one twenty six. Oh C, the letter C. Yeah. Okay,
2: yeah. Although saying C that wasn't confusing at all. <laughs> all right. Well I just changed it, so <laughs> you changed his
0: <laughs> Yeah. Uh, That's course. hilarious. All right. All right. All right we're gonna we're have good. to come up with a better way for this. Cause the, the category is world landmarks. Uh all right. Now I can't see what the things are. Where did where did you put yours, Jay Z? You moved yours. You just put it I up I deleted there. it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what it is. I'm going all the way four. I don't care. Wait, what? He ain't scared. Just he's got four. I'm going all in too. Okay, Pretty so good. you're both all in. All right,
0: fine. Yes. You're both all in. So okay, you guys are gonna have to figure out how to give me the answer. But also famously cracked like the Liberty Bell. This fourteen ton landmark still sounds its distinctive bong every hour. Uh, you you gotta write it down somewhere because it cause he Okay. Yeah. Well now, make sure he's not looking at what you write down. You can totally see well, you how
1: this, it. How it <laughs> What is did you really see what he wrote? Yeah, I saw what he wrote. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it right? I don't know. I, I can't think of anything else. Um, say, say the thing one more time. It's
0: cracked, you said. Also famously cracked, like the Liberty Bell, this 14-ton landmark still sounds its distinctive bong every hour. Mine is not right.
1: No, I don't think yours is right. I, I don't have anything. I can't think of it.
0: All right. So, so Alan went all in for three and Jay Z went all in for four, right? Yeah. And I said I would, I would, I would do the minus or pluses as we got there. So, let's see. Alan. Okay. Wait a minute. Hold on. Alan, did you, you deleted your answer? Oh, I see. I see. I see Jay Z's. Alan didn't answer at all. So that definitely makes yours a negative. I think it's just fair to say, right? Like we don't have to carry the one. Okay. So, uh, big Ben is the correct answer. Oh, serious. Wow. Okay. I didn't know it was cracked. doesn't seem
2: like it should be 14 tons. It seems like way bigger. Like American cars are 14 tons now. (laughs) That's because all the batteries. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Alright, well I I won, I guess.
0: Yeah, you did. So Good. legit won that time. A new winning streak. <laughs> and also no asterisk. So yeah, yeah. legit. Alright. Yeah. Right. What if I didn't
2: actually believe in my answer? Does that count against me? No, I mean you answered. You still that. wrote I, it. I didn't All know right. it was cracked I learned something today. Apparently
0: do. neither did he. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: I just didn't know how much it weighed. I would have guessed like seventy six tons that's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. to be suspended in you know on a building that's true that's true yeah, i guess it depends on where you start weighing it
0: yeah that's the thing i'm like wait is that i mean the building's gotta be way of building yeah. more than that right like or is it maybe it's a small it building and i just didn't realize which nah. part are they talking about yeah are, is it just the top like i don't know yeah I don't that's know. interesting
2: yeah <clears throat>
0: It's just, it's but just hey a can we can we just for a moment just acknowledge like maybe give kudos where kudos are due because that's a proper noun and i got it right yeah good <laughs> job <Right. laughs> Dang, <Ben>. <laughs> <laughs> hey man don't judge me i got it Sorry. right yeah, you did i gotta win you
1: did is yes. two three letter words <laughs> to, to, it's to still, a still a w
0: still a w right doesn't matter how we got there Hey, speaking um, of props,
2: uh, don't forget to drop us uh, some number of stars in that review. Uh, you know, we love it. We appreciate it, especially when there's more of them. Yes. Uh, and yeah, that's great. The more The, the bigger the smiles. Yes. Thank you much.
0: Speaking of smiles, I, I got some fun stuff. Two is the max there, right? They oh changed the star it system. Now, now you're doing it. <laughs> it
1: what happened? Did you guys like collaborate beforehand? We're
0: like, I'm hey, the five star now.
1: Let's I'm, wreck it.
0: I, I think we already covered up having a stroke on air, right? So like maybe
1: Was it oh, not too uh, Five give. and Up only, please. I give.
2: <laughs> uh, so hey, I got some fun stuff to talk about. So okay, talk uh, about some it. fun project ideas. Uh sometimes people say like they want to have a side project and they don't know what to do. Uh, i got some kind of some stuff for you like you know i love game dev i think it's really cool uh one thing i've really uh, struggled with has been like the art side of it so there's been a bunch of projects i started i'm like all right i'm gonna learn pixel art that's too hard i'm gonna learn 3d modeling that's also too hard i'm gonna do other people's assets uh somehow also even that is hard (laughs) like how can i do stuff (laughs) without art (laughs) That's pretty funny, dude. Too hard. (laughs) So, I had this brilliant idea of uh, just making tools. I like making tools, right? So uh, some things I've been kind of playing around with uh, in that space have just been like making kind of tools or like I mentioned, like making soundtracks and stuff and being be able to put those up on websites. Or you can even sell them in uh, marketplaces like uh, Unity has a market- marketplace, Unity, uh, Unity, Unreal has a marketplace. I think Godot might even have a, a market- marketplace where you can sell stuff. Itch.io uh, is a marketplace for multiple engines. You can sell stuff. Uh, so just kind of a fun idea. So if you are looking for a cool project to do and you want to get into game dev type stuff but you don't want to make a game. You don't have to. Uh, and so I got a couple ideas here. I wanted to point out a couple of just cool projects that you can get for not that much money and sometimes even free. And uh, you can look into them for inspiration or uh, just, you know, just look for fun. Uh, and so the website that I'm looking at here is itch.io, which we've talked about a few times, it's called it itch.io. And they have uh, a category of, uh, it's like a store, and you can search for games, but they also have tools there. So if you search for the category of tools, I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, you can see a bunch of stuff. So, some ones I just thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about. Uh, one is called Kenny Shape, as K E N N E Y. And we've talked about Kenny several times, actually. Kenny makes really cool game assets, uh, like art that you can use for free in your projects. Uh, makes tons. He's building a studio, I think, in like the Netherlands or somewhere. It's just really cool. But he also makes a couple tools, and he uses the sale of those tools. To support like the workshop he's putting together over in the Netherlands, I think. And one of these is canny shape. And what it lets you do is take a uh, some size grid, I forget what the max size is, it might be 32 pixels, and you draw a little uh, you know 2D picture, and then you go and you add like a height map using just numbers. So like let's say you draw a smiley face or something, and you want um, the border of that smiley face, you know, around the circle to be recess and you want the eyes to be further out well you would go and maybe um set a height of one on the border set the yellow inside to two and set the eyes to three and then you can kind of stretch it rotate it have some fun with it but you uh, ultimately end up with a 3d object out of a 2d picture and that doesn't sound that cool until you go look at the page and look at some of the things that they make like little scooters or uh like a fighter jet spaceship type things x-wings uh, you can get really creative with it, and it turns out looking really cool and stylized. And so sometimes, you know, having little limitations of, like, color palettes and number of pixels uh, can really end up uh, becoming a style if you embrace it. And so that's just an example of a cool tool that uh, it's something if you're interested in, like, making 3D stuff or 2D stuff, that that's totally manageable. You could totally make this. Um, it'd take a while to get to the level of polish that this is at, but it's just an example of something that's cool and creative and really useful. And this particular t- so, uh, this particular tool is on sale uh, every day for the low low price of three ninety nine American dollars. So uh, just something cool to check out. And If you want to use it,
0: awesome. If you want to make something like it, awesome. It's crazy because it's like um, when you first look at it, it looks like a paint by numbers type yeah. of type of thing. But instead of the numbers representing a color, it's how many blocks wide is that thing. or is that is that area of it yeah it's really cool
2: uh yeah it's surprising how good it works out and then they've got some several examples and stuff and of course you can compose them into uh, other shapes so if you want to make a big robot like maybe do the foot first and then you do the leg and then you do the hip bone attaches to the pelvis bone or whatever uh make big robot i don't care uh speaking of assembling things here's another one this one also from kenny uh, this one will run a 19 U.S. or uh, $39.95 uh, if you do uh, the deluxe package, which has more shapes. And what it lets you do is it uh, has a bunch of shapes uh, sorted by category. So you might have one like uh, town, and you go to town, and it has walls, and it has doors, and it has windows, and it has roofs, and it has sidewalks. So like just these little super basic shapes. But you can compose them together. And you take a couple windows, take a couple walls, take a garage door and a roof, and you just made a little house. And uh, you can take that, stretch it, change the colors, make this part taller, you know, rotate it around, flip it around, whatever, and just make uh, 3D assets that are again like really limited. Like this is obviously very limited compared to like a Blender or something like a heavy-duty uh, 3D modeling tool. But uh, because of those limitations, it comes out looking really stylized, and it's just cool. So it's cool if you want to get into 3D modeling and you're looking to kind of baby step your way in, you can get this. Or if you want to make some sort of kind of tool or package that deals with 3D shapes, like here's a way to kind of get your foot in that door and learn a little bit more about it. And at the end of the day all you're really doing is just spawning objects from some sort of prototype, stretching them and saving the position, and then you export it. So it's not super complicated, but it is really cool and really useful.
0: Huh. I'm looking through. So like I found that their actual website instead of looking through it on itch.io and you actually see like more information and it's easier to like traverse and see like all the stuff that this person or persons have created. And it's super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> One called like mini skate. So you could all the, all the assets that you might need to build a skate park. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are really so you cool. Just go wild. It reminds me of like back in like the, uh, commodore 64 games i had this i don't remember what the name of the game was but you could build your own racetrack and like Ooh. there were all kinds like looking at this mini skate park within there's stuff like that like do you want it to be a curve do you want it to be a ramp you know and stuff like that and you could set gravity and and like is it mud or is it uh you know like a rate a tar surface or concrete surface or is it dirt you know yeah um that's what it reminds me of, like, in your ability to create your your map.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's really simple. Like, it snaps to grid. Like, you can go in, and you'll see there's a lot of polish in there. So I don't mean to say that this is, like, some easy project that you can do in a day. But uh, you can see that you can get the bones of it working quickly, and you can see where it's going. And you just got to put that extra time on, you know, getting all the exports right and, you know, having the user interface be re- really good and easy to use.
0: Oh, man, there's one called... Pixel platformer, like you could basically redo a Mario
2: type world. Oh yeah, yeah, oh you're looking at his assets. So yeah, he puts a ton of assets out, and they're all totally free, uh, royalty free. You can use them, and you can sell stuff. I think he does have one stipulation in uh, the license agreement that you won't use it for NFTs. He really hates mm-hmm. NFTs. and huh. I think other than that, you can do whatever you want with it.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the license for this. It says, uh, "What are the licenses for the creations made in Asset Forge?" and in- you can just use them. Anything that you make in it, it's yours. You can use it personal, educational, commercial, whatever you want, and you don't even have to credit because oh, you, paid, okay. you paid
0: 19 bucks for it or whatever. It's Creative right. Commons <laughs> <laughs> zero for some of these.
2: Because
0: some of the assets, you don't, you're not. are they're just Creative Commons zeros. You're not okay. paying anything. You're just downloading. Well, that's yeah.
2: pretty cool. It's great for Game Jam, stuff like that. You can always just make assets directly and put them up uh, on itch.io uh, io and just help the world out. It's nice. Uh, another one I wanted to mention uh, is really cool. This is an old one, but it's a, it's a goodie. Tiled is the name of it. And what is it? it's a sprite map? Stru- a sprite map editor. So the idea with a sprite map is basically you've got a collection of sprites like a uh, a 2d sidewalk a 2d tree a 2d whatever and you go into a map and you can like lay it down and say here's all my grass tiles and what it is is it's basically indexed so rather than being like uh eight pixel by eight pixel image stamped over and over and over again like obviously it like links back to that index and says this is sprite number one it points over here and so you know with magic computer magic type stuff uh it's just a more efficient way of working and then if you want to change that tile out you change it in one spot because it's indexed it's going to swap everywhere Uh, which is just a nice way of working. And because it's, uh, this is a fancy editor, it's got layers and stuff like that. And you can tag the layers, you can add all sorts of annotations and do cool stuff. So you can say, this is my ground layer. Uh, you know, it's got, um, it's static, so it's not affected by gravity. And this is gonna act as the floor. And my next layer is trees. And I want trees to uh, be a wall layer, meaning the player can't walk through them, stuff like that. Uh but it's basically just a tool that you can use to make games easier. You can make your maps and stuff in this external tool and then import them into a Unity or a Godot or whatever. It's just really nice and like who doesn't like messing with that stuff? It's That's amazing to me the number of niches out there.
1: Yeah. For absolutely. I mean when you get into something like this, like this stuff is super helpful. Like you don't have to it's like you said, you don't get bogged down in, in
2: that stuff. Yeah. Someone just made this tool and people use
0: it. Do you go look at the, like the games that were made with tiled?
2: Uh, the, oh yeah. There's a, there's quite a bit of like, like legit games using, using it as well.
0: Yeah. As well. Like he linked the author links to a bunch on, uh, itch.io, but there was some on the website, the tiled website itself that were like links to steam games. So, yeah, you know, I don't know if that like adds more credibility if you, you know, but like some legit games is, I guess, to your point.
1: Yeah. I mean, and they're beautiful. I mean, like this one, Super
2: Catboy, is a really pretty game. And you see people do uh, other cool stuff, too. Like, you can imagine, like, not all layers have to be visible. So it could actually uh, set, like, triggers, for example. So when the player walks here, I'm going to trigger, trigger some sort of action. But you can go ahead and specify that in the map and import and export it. And what it does is it lets, like, an artist, for example, or a game designer work just with this tool and not get bogged down with the comp- compilation errors and whatever. And they can just kind of spend their time really focusing on, you know, the visuals and the maps and the, how the game is going to work. And then it's easy for them to go in there and adapt stuff. So they're not going to be breaking the project if they go and move the spawn point, for example, from here to there or whatever. Hmm. It's just cool. And somebody, somebody made this tool and put it up for free. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. I got two more. BFXR is a elaboration, they call it, of another tool called SFXR, which was uh, an old, basically, it's a digital synthesizer. So you can make sounds and say, uh, I want a square wave and with this much attack, and then I want it to go up at the end. So it goes, whoop, and you can use it for uh, little sound effects like jumping or shooting a pew-pew gun. Uh, You want to make the sound of fire, like you can do that by adding a little bit of noise, maybe in some modulations or, you know, like fire sounds just like that. Uh, It's just a cool tool, and somebody actually ported that to uh, JavaScript, too. Uh, I have the wrong link in here, but uh, yeah, I will fix that. (laughs) Uh, So someone ported it because uh, it was open source, and that was easy to do, easy-ish.
0: So wait a minute. Are you saying that for the next Game Jam, you don't want my, you know, Michael trademarked made with care uh, sound oh. effects. These are for the port Owie. snaps that don't have access.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are excellent. You know, I think I actually um I used um I used the Asset Forge for the the 3D stuff in uh, Eat My Dust, the game that we worked on a couple years ago. That was my 3D modeling software. <laughs> Alright, the next one's gonna blow your mind. It's free. It's called Rex Paint. And what it is is an ASCII art editor. ASCII? ASCII. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know what you Made said, wonder. but uh, this, yeah. is a, this is a, a friendly mm. show. That's
2: right. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. ASCII art editor. And if you just go to this web, website, uh, you'll see the kinds of art that people make with ASCII. ASCII? Anyway, it's super cool. And I believe the editor is actually all ASCII as well. Uh, You can change color, stuff like that. But everything else is basically just made using fonts. (laughs) And you might think that sounds basic, but when you see the kinds of art that people are doing with it, it's pretty incredible. And it's got tools for doing things and kind of batch and aggregate, adding noise, uh, shading, all sorts of cool stuff. You would never expect people to do with uh, ASCII, but they do. I don't know why, but it's amazing. It looks super cool. And the stuff you find is is sort of mesmerizing. It's in my rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, you can get lost in these things for sure. Is he the dwarf miner?
0: Dwarf. Dwarf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you yeah. go to the galleries uh, tab, there's like a whole bunch of other stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something like the guns and weapons and stuff looks super cool out of it.
2: Yeah, just the people the characters. Even the maps look super cool. And it's all ASCII. So if you want to say, like, oh, well, I can't do art, like I said earlier, I'll be like, well, uh, you don't. I mean, it is still art. <laughs> it's just you're using a different kind of brush, I guess.
0: Welcome to our podcast. This should have been our our logo.
2: Yeah. I mean, it still can be. <laughs> Let's get ChatGPT to do it. I, I just love the look of it. I just think it's super cool. And it's something about the limitations. Like, who would have thought, like, you could make such cool stuff with uh, ASCII? Sometimes the uh, the limitations set you free. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll have links in the show notes, but I just thought it was cool. So it's nice to look at it for inspiration. Or if, if you want to use a game, here's great tools. If you just want to make a tool, here's, a, a, you know, some inspiration. And if you just want to have some fun and look at weird stuff people are doing on the internet, here you
0: go. <laughs> He's got something for everybody. <laughs> All right. Remember when we said that the internet was normal now and yeah. you're saying like weird stuff on the internet, but I guess the okay. weird stuff out there still, I weird. guess so. I guess so. All right. Well, with that, uh, we'll have, you know, links to all this stuff and we head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week.
2: All right. Hey, if you subscribe to audible and, uh, if we had a promo code, we would insert it here. Uh, if we don't then we don't uh, <laughs> but if you subscribe to Audible uh, don't <laughs> no. forget they have a ton of free content available and sometimes that's in the form of like dramatized uh, episodic podcasts with like vampires fighting dinosaurs and it's all you know got the foley and the footsteps and all you know all the psh, psh, pew pew type stuff police sirens all scary you when you're driving uh, That all that stuff's great they also have what they call the great courses, which is a list of basically kind of college level-ish courses that, uh, you know, available for you to listen. You do have to be a member, but you don't have to pay for it past that. So if you're paying, uh, you know, the the $11 a month, whatever it is for, you know, the uh, token a month, whatever they call it, uh, then you have access to this. And the one I'm listening to now is part of a large series of courses, uh, on the fine arts, uh, specifically fine arts and music. And the one I'm listening to even more specifically than that is how to listen to and understand great music, third edition. And what it is is basically like a music appreciation course. If you ever took one of those in university I did, it wasn't great. This is way better than that. And this is a 36 hour course that dives through history, talks about, uh, you know, music and like religion, for example, and how the music tied into religion and how those two things evolved together and how that changed whenever, you know, this happened and that happened and whatever. And how how basically culture and music kind of changed and evolved together. And uh, it's just super cool. Like, I'm, I'm basically uh, I've just passed the Renaissance now and I'm into, um, I don't know, like the 16, maybe 1700s, oh, so that's which is quite a bit past the Renaissance, I should say. I'm in the 1600s now, and uh, it's just really cool, Uh, and I recommend it. And because it's an audio podcast, it's really easy for them to do things like playing segments of songs. And, of course, all these songs are, uh, you know, public domain now, so it's really easy to say, like, here's the prelude in C-sharp minor. Let's, you know, focus on this 30-second segment because it's a good example of something else. just really cool, and you should listen to it. And so the, the one course I mentioned is 36 Hours. And there's, uh, I don't know, like 20 something of these courses. So you're looking at hundreds of hours just on music and there's a whole bunch of other courses too, but who cares about those?
1: Okay. So you're going to have to sell me on this a little bit. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting on uh, not necessarily the course, but audible. So my, my biggest thing with audible has always been you spend 15 bucks a month and you get like a certain number of tokens and you can't
2: even listen to a whole audio book usually. <clears throat> they changed that. Oh, really? I have not seen a book go more than one token in years.
1: Okay, but you only get like one or two of those, right, for a month. One month for 15 bucks. So, so what? So you can listen to one audiobook in a month,
2: which Well, you keep it. You trade that token in, you keep that title for life. Unless they remove it. Huh? Yeah.
1: Okay. So, all right. So now, you, all right. So what you're saying is if I buy audible for $15 a month and I use my token on whatever, like uh Dan, one of the Daniel Suarez books, right? Like demon, I'd get that. Then I can listen to that forever from now on, as long as I pay $15 a month and that token, or, or if I quit paying, do I still get to listen to it or no? Yep. Yours forever. Okay. So, so basically you get to pick one book a month that you want to listen to forever.
2: And if you don't like it, you can return it. You get your token back. Yeah. and As far as I know, uh, there's no limit on it. So you can go back to book. You listen to three years. and and be like, yeah, I'm returning this junk because I never did listen to it.
1: Cause that's always been my thing is like 15 bucks a month to be able to listen to one audio kind of, I don't know. Like I've, that's why I've never bought it. I, and I love audiobooks, but that's always been like, man, it doesn't seem, doesn't seem like a great
2: value. Yeah, I agree that's expensive. Especially back in the day when like you can go get a novel for five dollars, or you can get a digital version read to you for like a fifteen. And back in the day when audiobooks first like came online on Amazon, they were like thirty bucks. Which yeah, it's crazy. And they did stuff like thirty bucks for the first third of it, right? Which is uh, yeah, it was super crazy. But they don't do that anymore. So I've been a um, member off and on. Looks like since two thousand nine, and I've got hundreds of books. Okay, and uh, here hey. and I can look, go look at the ones from two thousand nine and listen to them right now. So the
1: podcast things that you were talking about, like where, you know, vampires killing dragons or whatever, is that something that only comes if you are an audible member? Yes. Like you don't have access to. Okay. Okay. So, so there's additional stuff that you can get on here that it's, I guess, not obvious to anybody that's not subscribed to it then.
2: Yeah. They call it the plus catalog and it's super high quality. Their podcasts, like their, their dramas are really high quality. I forget the name of the one I was talking about there. There wasn't actually dinosaurs and it It was just vampires darkness or eternal winter or something that yeah i mean it's great i just uh i listened to another one that was sci-fi uh, it doesn't matter but um they're all really good and they're all just part of the the plus catalog okay. included with membership
1: and they also oh, have and there's also books. originals
2: yes okay. yeah and there's actually just a bunch of books that are available with membership and you just go grab them it does look like i can't return books from 2009 i don't know what the <laughs> you know the the terms are there but uh Everything in the last year, I can return. I, I might give this a shot at some point. You, you've almost sold me. All right. Yeah, I mean, frankly, for me right now, it's worth it for the course, like fifteen bucks. Like, and of course, like if you buy, that's fifteen bucks. Is like if you do monthly, if you buy it, you know, for, pay for a year, whatever, all that stuff. And they have all sorts of uh, credits. Like if you've never signed up before and you use someone's promo code, like if we had one here, uh, you would get a free month. Uh, the the deal I just did recently because I just quit. And then you know, I started listening to the course and decided I want to stay. And they sent me an email and they were like, "Hey, come back for five dollars a month, right? For a limited time." I was like, "All right." And there's no, tur- you know, I could quit as soon as it goes back to the normal price. Uh, so I did it, and uh, I don't think I'm going to quit again.
0: Playing the game. And and how much of that series do I have to listen to before I get an artist that I recognize? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't think it's I don't think that course is ever going to get to when you'll right. Oh. <laughs> unless you recognize fuck stop Bach. Bach, no. Oh, look at you. The other one, other one. I know the one you're talking about. It's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. All right. So
1: for my tips, I actually I had a couple. The first one, I think that Outlaw like so. It's actually the second link there. The first link is to is to this repo that sort of has these things about visualizing Git. And the reason I included that one is they have some common ones, like what a rebase actually does. They have the things there. But I think what's more interesting is click that second link. And what's really neat is if you ever want to be able to actually visualize what's happening when you do Git commands, this does it out. So you can put in very simple things like Git commit and then put in dash M and put in a message and, you know, first commit or something like that. It'll actually pop another bubble on the screen and point the arrows. Then if you say something like get branch um, uh, dash B or get checkout dash B, I'm sorry, get checkout dash B. I'm going to call it new branch. It will actually show that, hey, it branched off master at that one spot. And then if I do another git commit, you know, some commit then it's going to draw another bubble and you'll see that the thing branched off. And then if you go back to master and do a commit, then it'll show them diverging. And then if you do a git merge, it'll actually show the merge commit and everything that we were talking about earlier. So this is actually a really good way just to be able to see what your commands are actually doing behind the scenes in a, in a git world. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, we, we see these bubble drawings all over the place with the lines when, when they're trying to explain it, but when you actually get to run the commands and see what it's doing, it feels like it puts it together, uh, better mentally, at least for me. So thought that one was pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and then this one, I've got to give, uh, I've got to give Jamie a little bit of credit for this one. So when I did the video on the obsidian thing, like the, the tips that that Jay-Z had last episode, one of the ones I said is you can also use uh, emo- emojis or emoticons. I don't even know what they're called anymore, but you can use them in Obsidian, right? Like, so when you're doing notes, and I saw this one time because I, you know, Jay Z was sharing his screen and he had this big fire emoji that he had like, you know, 90 point font or whatever. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could put these in here. That's awesome. So in your markdown, you can have your emojis. Well, I would always like for check marks or something, I would actually have like the green check that is sort of standard in there. And Jamie was like, Hey, you know, you can just use the checkbox markdown. And I swear to you, I've tried to use it before and I could never get it to work, you know, cause I always thought it was the open square bracket, a space, a closed square bracket. I could never get it to work. It's because that's not actually the markdown for it. It's a dash or a minus, whatever you want to call it space open square bracket, space, close square bracket, space, and then type in whatever the message is. After you hit enter on that, it'll actually pop a checkbox in Obsidian. And what's so cool about it is it's actually functional. It creates a real list for you. So if you like create a list of things on there and you click that checkbox, it'll actually mark it checked and it'll put a strike through on the line to let you know that you've done it. So it's actually a really nice way to do a task list a task list in obsidian that you can check off things as you go so i might even do another little video on this because when i found it i was like oh that's super cool and that's way better than the way i've been doing it so um you know if you haven't seen that try it out
2: yeah the usability is really good like it's it's interesting that they managed to mix stuff like that in and when you're still in markup mode as you would think like in your markup mode it's only going to show the markup but it doesn't it shows it but when you click that line it will give you the ability to, to edit it so it just Works out really well in practice.
1: Yeah, you don't have to go to the viewing mode to do things like this. The only thing that I don't like obs- about Obsidian that I still switch back to, to Visual Studio Code for, and this is more how the sausage is made here. Like we kind of do our show notes in Markdown inside of Google Doc, right? <clears throat> Obsidian, I take that stuff to Visual Studio Code. And I'll say, hey, show me the markdown view or show me the the actual viewing view of the markdown. And then I'll just tweak whatever we had in the show notes to make it look good. Then, because Visual Studio Code outputs that in HTML-ish type stuff in the viewer, I can just copy that and put it into our WordPress thing and I'm good to go, right? Like it's it's not a terribly difficult process. Obsidian, for whatever reason, the viewer mode in that doesn't work if i go to copy that and put it into a rich text document it's just flat text like it's it's complete garbage and i wish that whatever magic they had in visual studio code they also had in obsidian because i would love to be able to copy like my checklist or whatever and put it somewhere else t- for viewing but i don't know maybe there's a plug-in for that there probably
2: is i have a bonus tip for you oh here we go so uh one thing that i I really hate about JIRA and Obsidian is that uh, you can't easily paste your markdown from like Obsidian into like a ticket, for example, Uh, the markdown that uh, JIRA uses like just their, their syntax for kind of tickets and formatting all that stuff. It's just older. It predates markdown and they stuck with it. And uh, so I did find a plugin for markdown that supposedly lets you convert your markdown to JIRA format, basically in your clipboard. Didn't work so well for me. It, like because I had links to like other files and stuff, it just it threw all these weird warnings in, and I couldn't delete them. Like it actually generated like these like warning areas in the output, and that. So I was like having to go through my notes, to clean all that up. So I went and looked at what it was based on, and I ended up finding a Visual Studio Code plugin that does the same thing. So now what I can do is uh, with this plugin, I take my notes from Obsidian, throw them into the Visual Studio Code just in a new window, run the plugin, and then it converts that to uh the markup used by jira so i can then go take that and paste it in and it keeps all my formatting keeps like the code blocks it keeps the links like everything just works beautifully so i don't have to go through and like kind of massage that stuff
1: yeah i mean the massaging is painful that's where you spend most of
2: your time because you've already
1: done the markdown to get what you wanted in the first place
2: yeah, I love having the down in my so like my you know Google Drive like how I can share it and share my notes with other people. Like all that stuff works great in plain text. If they have an editor, even better. Uh, but then I go to Jira and you paste it, in and it looks like garbage. So now I have a solution for that. That's very nice. Very nice.
0: <clears throat> I just thought your Jiras looked like garbage because you were doing it wrong. But now, <laughs> yeah. now uh, I just feel Sorry. bad. Now I just feel bad. Uh, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, my tip of the week is if you haven't already done this, if you and your family haven't already done this, then stop what you're doing. Cause I'm about to re- go do this. So, um, a s- couple of m- major versions back in 15.2 Apple released the ability to add a legacy contact for your Apple ID. So if you haven't already done this, um, you go do it. You can find it under, uh, the settings app. I don't know if, um, Google has a similar thing, um, but you'll need to do this in your settings. If you do it like, like, let's say you did it for your spouse, right? All you're doing is allowing your spouse to be a legacy contact in the case, in the event that something should happen to you. It's, so it's not it's not you know you're not giving each other it's just one way so if you want your your if you wanted to be the legacy contact for your spouse your spouse would also have to set it up is the point that I'm trying to make so <clears throat> but this will allow you to gain access to um, a family member's account should you know you ever have a need to um, and and it's not something you're going to do on a whim right because once you start, start the process of the legacy contact process and Apple approves it, then there's a three year timer on that account before Apple deletes the account altogether. So you're not going to like just be able to gain access on a whim. So, you know, let your family members know like, Hey, there's nothing, uh, no harm there. Right. You know, but should you need to gain access to, uh, family members account. You can. And in fact, now that I remember it too, um, I didn't put this one in the notes, but I could find the link for it. But I remember like, um, well, it's, it's the, uh, password manager whose name is, we should not say anymore. I don't know. I know that you too is falling out of favor with YouTube, I think, especially, but, uh, I think LastPass has a similar feature where you can, uh, specify that, um, you can specify both the who and the amount of time So if you were, if something were to happen to you, a a family member can request access to your vault, but they have to wait a certain amount of time that whatever you've specified. So three years, you know, in my case, um, I'm kidding. (laughs) Obviously not three years. Uh, You got to time it right. You know, be careful about when you request that legacy contact. Right. Um, but no, so yeah. If you if you haven't already done that, go ahead and do it because if you wait until it, and when you do need it, then it could already be too late. Yeah, you know, so or at least more difficult for sure. So, hey, and for what it's worth, the, the last pass fell out of favor
1: with me when they kept jacking the price up, and then they had the breach, and then it was like, okay. Oh, I didn't okay. say why.
2: I just, <laughs> yeah. you
0: know, yeah,
2: man. Bitwarden Warden does dude. have, uh, they call it emergency access. Do you remember years ago Atlanta B-Sides? It's like a security conference uh, in Atlanta. Someone did a talk basically on uh, on, like, how to kind of <laughs> politely leave your, your stuff, uh, to the next people. Cause of some, they had, they had a situation where, uh, as a friend's family member had died, and they were trying to, like, get back in and pay bills and, like, figure out finances and stuff. So they were trying to help their friend through this like, terrible situation and it had a heck of a time because the person who had passed away was, like, a techie. And so they had a really complex, Set up and even just like the wireless and stuff in and the, their home network was even tough to really get into and figure out what was going on and like try to even figure out what computers they used and what accounts they had and stuff. Man, just wait till I get my network set up. Yeah, <laughs> this could be amazing. Nobody gonna yeah.
1: figure it out. Right. Uh, including Alan. Now, just including kidding. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pro- probably not far off. <laughs> all right well yep that's it thanks for listening no no (laughs) hey i actually did make a mistake on the video i said hey subscribe to us on itunes stitcher and somebody was like yeah stitcher's dead i was like oh i forgot my bad (laughs) so yeah hey subscribe to us anywhere else but stitcher (laughs) so itunes spotify that kind of stuff and uh yeah hey Join our Slack group. We still have a bunch of awesome, amazing people on Slack. You can can get there by going to codingblocks.net/slash-slack.
0: I think that's good enough. I don't know. So, see, you opted to go with the verbose outro rather than I could. I mean, we
1: we went on the super skinny intro. We need the super well-fed outro.
0: How we talked about this? We agreed on the. the No, we didn't agree on anything. I (laughs) don't
1: agree. Yeah. All right.